Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm going to move these glasses because the last time I preached, I spilled some water up there. and I don't want somebody to have blurry vision over me. So, <clears throat> well, I learned... I knew we was having a men's meeting today, and uh, apparently a lot of folks knew it, because I underdressed today. I was like, man, all these guys trying to outshine me, I'm supposed to be preaching. They all got ties and suits and all this stuff. I'm like, man, I missed the mark on that one. So so y'all just forgive me, because I'm just going to be me today, And but I did get a compliment on my shoes, just in case y'all... You know, so I, my shoes look good. The rest of y'all look good from top to bottom. I'm just starting. I'm working my way up. So, you know, it's kind of like we talk about getting in the river. You just kind of a little at a time. Start with your feet, then the legs, and then up here. So I'm getting there. Y'all just bear with me. I'm going to make it one day. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes, Lord. So as I mentioned a while ago, and as you see in your bulletin, and you probably heard, today is a men's Sunday. So we're... We're just trying to, uh, Elder Paul had this vision, and he wanted to uh, just get the men up here, get them more involved, and trying to put them on the forefront. Now, in doing that, we're not actually trying to take anything from the leaders that we have already, because they do a wonderful job. They have instilled in me for the last 20-something years, however long we've been here, and there's... There is no compensation for that. No, not compensation. That's not the right word. But I would never want to replace that with anything else because that's, that's who I am. That's what made me who I am. That's what's brought me through lots of trials and things to this date. So I am eternally grateful for what I have, but I'm also eternal, eternally grateful for what is coming up. And, and in that, we do have leaders' permissions to do things, you know, because we are kind of outside the normal. Uh, normally, Elder Bivens, she comes up and she does the uh, communion and things like that, but we're just trying to move the men just, just for today. Uh, matter of fact, the last men's meeting we had, not Saturday, but the Saturday before, it was, uh, we were talking about having Brother Allen do the offering, and somebody said, well, Apostle and Pastor put them in those positions. Are you sure about that? I'm like, well, it's just for the day. It's just for the day, so... So, but they've done a great job, and I want to thank them for it, you know, just give them a thanks, you know, and after church, just tell them you love them, and <clears throat> because if they're anything like me, they're starting to get a little hot, the knees are starting to shake a little bit, you know, so it's, it's just out of our comfort zone, and that's, that's the whole purpose of it, you know, uh, not, necessarily, not necessarily to make you uncomfortable, but to just grow you, yes, to stretch you, so... So that's where we're at today, and, and it's been wonderful. I've enjoyed it so far, and I'm, I'm glad for everybody that's here. And so in that, 
growing and stretching. I, I started, I had an idea of what I wanted to preach, and then I sat down and between prayer and typing on the keyboard and just thinking in my mind, and so I had all those things going on. Then my, I went a completely different way, and I, when I say I went a completely different way, the Lord moved me to a different way. So, so I want to tell you the title of my message, and then I'm going to have to explain it, because some of y'all may not be my age, and some of you may not like the things that I like. But uh, So for Rhonda, if you're going to put this on a thing, the title of my message today is going to be Pimp My Ride. So, <laughs> and I, we kind of went back and forth on that, because... I was telling my wife, she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, but I'm not talking about an actual pimp, I'm, you know. So, so let me explain what I'm talking about here. Back, I'll say back when I was growing up, it hasn't been that long ago, maybe 10 years, I'm not sure. Uh, there was a show, and I didn't necessarily watch this one, but I watched the other one. But there was a show called Pimp My Ride. And... And then there was another show. It was like a, you know, when a movement starts, everybody gets on the bandwagon. So there was another show called Overhauling. And that's, that's the one I watched, yes. With it, but it made uh, Chip Foose. He was, I'm sure he was already famous or he wouldn't have been on the program. And I'm sure he's, he was on Overhauling. And, and uh, a guy named Exhibit, which was a rapper, he was on the other one. But the premise of both TV shows, and it's like the starting back, they had some already, but when the reality show started, that's what it was. They would take these people, and whether on overhauling, they would sneak in and steal your car in the middle of the night. Now, this is a car that people cherished, and they, were, they had plans, big plans in their mind to make it right, but it never come out. So their wives or their husbands or whoever would say, hey, I'm going to speed up this process because you ain't doing nothing with that car. It's just sitting in my driveway. So they would sneak in and get it and take it out, and over a week's time, they would just remodel it and Man, it would come out, and it would look smooth, I'm telling you. They look sharp. And the same on, uh, on uh, Pimp My Ride. But on Pimp My Ride, they would take these cars, and they could be just your, they could take a Ford Pinto, I don't know, or an Escort or a Ford Festiva, something like that. And, and it would have speakers all in the back, you know, and it had nice rims. And, you know, it would be the same premise. But, but the thing about Pimp My Ride, or overhauling so what we're looking at is taking something taking a vehicle that gets you from point a to point b but we want to take that vehicle and we want it to make it look smooth we want it to look sharp unlike so then you're in cross it and you've got this car and everybody's going to know that that car is a whole lot different than every other car on the road so there must be something to that vehicle i keep saying car i mean i mean to say vehicle because then if I said car, it wouldn't really work in the Bible days. So, so vehicle. Your vehicle gets you from point A to point B. Whatever that vehicle is, we're going to pimp that ride today. And so, so I don't know if you like Camaros or Mustangs. I don't know if you like four-wheel drives, whatever. But we're going to talk about them today. And I want, so, you know, so just think in your mind what kind of vehicle you like. And then just, you know, man. I like nice rims, I like tires, uh, like a stripe down the side, make it look like a speed racer kind of thing, something. But that's what we like. But, and that gets us from point A to point B. But, but God, on the other hand, 
He likes different things. He don't really care if I got wires sticking out of my tires or something because he's thinking, is this tire going to blow out at the right time by the right person so this person can start communicating? So if my tire blows out because I've got a wire sticking out and the truck driver shows up and he's like, uh, hey, dude, you're going to need a new tire. And I'm like, the Lord's going to bless me with the money because I don't have it. And then it starts this whole conversation about Jesus and God and how he works in my life. So that's what Pimp My Ride is going to be about. I hope. I hope. But, and so I've got, a, I've got a story here, and I've got it at the end of my notes. But I'm going to, and I was not sure which way to go with this. But I'm going to tell you this story. And this is a true story, by the way. Nothing, <clears throat> nothing real. Uh, it's about the 911 Towers. And, of course, we know there's lots and lots of heroes that arose that day and shined up. You know, the whole nation uh, just rose up and helped. Money was sent. People went on mission trips and helped rebuild things and all this. But I'm like a, I don't know, I don't want to say I'm weird because I'm not weird, but I like to watch documentaries and things like that. And I was watching one day, uh, this was in September, so I was watching it, and I, I saw this story, and it was several different uh, stories in there, but this one stuck out to me, and there was, the towers had been hit with the plane, and uh, so there was two guys that had something just stirred up in them and said, hey, I want to go, I want to go do what I can. Now, both of these people were ex-military, okay? One had spent 23 years in the military, and he'd retired, and the other one was in the, I think it was in the National Guard for a little bit, and but he was out at the time. So, now, let me find that story. All right, here we go. Now, their names, the youngest one at the time, he was Marine Sergeant, Marine Sergeant Thomas Jason was his name. And he, this guy, let me just tell you about this guy real quick, because this is what stood out in the story to me, one part of it. This guy, he came, now the tower had just fallen. Uh, he lived there, and the tower had just fallen. So he put on his uniform. Now this guy's not in the Army anymore, or the reserves, or whatever he was in at the time. He, he went home, put on his uniform, and he went to the wreckage site. Now, he doesn't know anybody there. Nobody, it's kind of chaos there, you know. We're just getting started. So he's looking for survivors. That's what these two people are doing. They're looking for survivors. And he, this guy, he got with another fella. I'm trying to, let me just read this, and then I'm going to get into the story. This guy was quoted as saying, someone needed help. It didn't matter who, he said. I didn't even have a plan, but I have all this training as a Marine, and all I could think was my city is in need. All right. So, this guy actually went there. He helped uh, search in the rubble. And this is maybe for an 18-hour period. He hooked up with another Marine, and they found two survivors. And this was hours latest. I think they found them nine hours after the towers collapsed. But he got through doing what he was doing, and he introduced himself to the guy. And all he introduced was um, Sergeant Thomas. So he introduced himself. They went and found the survivors. They found two. They were some uh, maritime people, so I'm guessing they were close to the water. But anyway, 
after he was done, he just left. Never told anybody what he did or who he was. He, did, he wasn't looking for fame. And he actually did not come forward because people had been looking for this guy. You know, the two survivors, and they tell their story, so people want to look for him. So he did not tell his story until he was sitting there on the um, couch and he was watching TV, and they, this movie was coming out about 9-11. I think it was six years later. And they showed two Marines on the uh, hilltop, you know, on the rubble. And they were looking, and he's like, hey, that's me. Well, he called the movie people, and, of course, they had to verify because you got all these people wanting to say, hey, that's me. I did this. I'm, I should be famous. Well, he's got pictures, and the guy, they ended up meeting. So it was actually him. But he wasn't looking for any rec recognition. So that's, that's important. All right, so the other fella, the other fella, David Corns, he's a retired Marine of 23 years. Now, he heard about the trouble. Now, I, I can't remember where he was living. Uh, yes, I do. Stanford, Connecticut. Heard about the trouble. Now, he was an accountant. So he left work when he heard about this. Of course, y'all all saw it. It was on the TV. And he said, uh, you know, y'all probably won't see me for a little bit. I've got to go help. So... I'm just going to read this. Well, let me tell you what he did first. He went to, he left his work, and he went and got a haircut, like a Marine haircut. And there's a reason for that. So I'm just going to read this out of the story, and then we'll go on. This, all right, so the small barber shop in Stanford, Connecticut, near his home, was deserted. So he goes in, he says, give me a good Marine Corps squared off haircut, he told the barber. When it was done, he drove home, put on his uniform. Carnes always kept two sets of marine fatigues hanging out in his closet, pressed and starched. It's kind of a weird thing to do, but it comes in handy, he says. Next, Carnes stopped by the storage facility where he kept his equipment. He'd need repelling gear, ropes, canteens of water, and his K-bar knife, and a flashlight at the very least. So then he drove to the church. Now he drove to the church, he asked his pastor and parishioners to say a prayer that God would lead him to his survivors. So a devout Christian, Carnes often turned to God when, he faced, when faced with decisions. Finally, Carnes lowered the convertible top on his Porsche. This would make it easier for the authorities to look in and see a Marine, he reasoned. If they could see who he was, he'd be able to zip past checkpoints more easily, gain access to the site. For Carnes, it was a good thing that he, pur he purchased this Porsche a Porsche 911 that day. He'd only purchased it a month earlier. It had been a stretch financially, but he decided to buy it after his pastor suggested that he pray on it. Uh, I don't know if he took his pastor's advice or he just seen it was read and wanted it. But anyway, after he prayed on it, he had no choice but to take it that day because his mercury was in the shop. Driving the Porsche at speeds of up to 120 miles per hour, he reached Manhattan after stopping at McDonald's for a hamburger in the late afternoon. All right. So then these two people meet, and they're on top of the rubble, and they're searching for survivors. And this fella, he had stopped, and let's just say as a normal prayer day at Freedom Ministries, and somebody stops in and says, hey, I'm going to do this. Would y'all pray for me? You know. And so, so that's, that's that. Now... And we'll come back to that here in a little bit. So now we're going to go back to Pimp My Ride. Now, this guy's got a Porsche. You don't think it needs to be pimped. But, hey, everything can be a little bit better, including me. So 
seats. So, you know, we've all got nice cars. And I, cars. We've all got nice vehicles. So I want to go back to the biblical days and show you what they was driving back then. Y'all all right with that? You okay? All right. So I'm going to talk to you about a few different people. And uh, we'll see how, and now remember, the vehicle is to get you from point A to point B. Now, in my life, I know I've got to go to work every day. So I've got to have a point A to point B vehicle. But that's my plan for the day, to go to work. But God's plan is probably something a little bit different. <clears throat> so he, he's not going to need the fancy vehicle like I need. So the first person we're going to talk about is Enoch. Enoch, however you want to say it. By faith, he was translated so he could not see death. Yeah. So he's in Hebrews 11.5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God was tra had translated him. For before his translation, he had a testimony that he pleased God. So his vehicle was like, it's like Wonder Woman's vehicle. It was there, but you didn't see it. It was invisible. Anybody know Wonder Woman's got an invisible airplane? <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> he used it that day. Now, you think it, I was thinking, that's point A to point B, but, but that's kind of the end of it. <laughs> his, his point B was the end, but it wasn't the end. I mean, you're going up there into heaven and all this stuff. But the thing about it, his vehicle, is people took notice of it. They didn't see it, but they knew he, he went up there somehow. So, so now everybody's like, I want to be like Enoch. I don't want to go through all the sickness and stuff. I want to be translated. You know, so, so they like his vehicle. So they, they want their vehicle, vehicle to be pimped out like Enoch's. And that's fine, because I don't want to go through all that either. And I, I don't blame you if you don't. I mean, it's, it's no fun to get bad knees. You know, people like, get on your knees and pray. And I'm like, well, this knee ain't working right, you know. So you, I'd rather just be translated, because it would be a whole lot simpler. So, so Enoch had a pretty cool vehicle. You didn't see it. You didn't hear it. But, man, it was smooth. And it probably went a lot faster than anything else I'm going to drive. All right. So, now... <clears throat> Now, we just have to remember that he's pleasing to God and that he lived his life like that before he was translated. He didn't have some big shake-up thing, you know, or whatever, but he had been living that life the whole time, and that's why he was translated. Now, when I said it, point A to point B, and you're thinking, well, that's the end. Well, it's not the end because we don't know but a lot of people say he's going to be one of the end time, the two. So it was just taking him there. That's his vehicle. That translated. He's being translated in, in, uh, from life to death. He's being translated in time. In everything, every way possible, he's being translated. So that vehicle carried him all the way from whatever, 400, whenever he lived, to the end of time, whenever that is. You know, whenever you see the two people. So that's that's his uh, that's his translation. That's his ride, and his ride got pimped out by God. So, so now, and we'll skip on over. And I'm trying to trying to well anyway. So let's talk about Noah a little bit. Everybody's like, Noah didn't have no ride. <laughs> what what was his ride? 
Man, y'all are smarter than me because I was on the other guy. I read the word Noah, but I was thinking of Moses. <laughs> so, so, yes, Noah had an ark. <laughs> so, let, let me get my spiritual pants on. I can do this. <laughs> All right. So, Noah had the ark. Now, this ark, again, we know people said, hey, what is that thing? At the time, they were probably thinking, Noah, that's a big old fishing boat you got there because that's all they knew was fishing. They didn't look at nothing else. They didn't need it for any uh, floods or nothing like that. That's all that they needed a boat for was to go fishing and get across that lake right there. That's it. No other reason. So Noah built this big old thing. Noah had the first party barge, basically. And you know... And you know the reason he had a party barge was because all the other people was partying too much and doing the wrong things. So this party barge wasn't filled with a lot of uh, party people. So you know what it's filled with, right? Party animals. Ah, so I can't believe y'all didn't get that one. I, was, I just knew you had it. So the ark was filled with a whole lot of party animals. And that was the point A to point B. <clears throat> all right. So you've got this thing, and you're thinking... So it's not going to be a it's not going to be a, a fishing boat. So what are we going to use it for? We're going to use this to get us past the flood. It's going to carry us on through the hard times, through when everybody else is screaming and hollering and and passing away. I'm going to say that nicely, passing away. Uh, it's going to get us through all that. So it, this vehicle is going to carry me from when I'm alone and people are ridiculing me, and then it's going to carry me over here to when I'm having to repopulate the earth, me and my sons. And we're having to just, you know, there's nobody here but us. So we're going to have to spread our wings and we're going to have to repopulate. And we're going to have to be the ones that set the standard from then on. Because we've seen where the other standard got us and we don't want to go back there. It wasn't good. So that was, uh, that was Noah's ark. So now we'll get to Moses. Now we'll get back up to where my pants are. So... What what vehicle did Noah have? Am I, no, Moses, I'm sorry. So we think, what vehicle did Moses have? Well, if you remember back to the very, very first story, Moses had an ark, right? Because it's called a lot of things, but if you read the King James, King James Version, it calls his basket an ark, and it tells you how, he made, how she made it and everything. But that's Noah's, or Moses' vehicle is that little bitty basket that was placed in the water. Now, it got him from a place where he was born, and he wasn't going to make it very long because they hid him for like three months. So it got him from that place where he was born, and it carried him way over here, which really wasn't that far because I think they could still see him. So it carried him way over here to the Pharaoh's daughter. So his vehicle was pimped out. Or they wouldn't have noticed it. They thought, look at that bunch of sticks in the water just floating on down. So it doesn't matter what your vehicle looks like to God. It matters, is it going to get you from point A to point V, B? So that's, and that's what it's all about. Pimping your ride is something that somebody's going to take notice of because people saw that ark and they noticed it. People saw that basket and they noticed it. And it made a big difference in that person's life so that that person could make a big difference in somebody else's life. Yes. So then, the next one, and I'm, I'm just going through these, so y'all just bear with me. The next one is uh, Elijah, and everybody knows the story of Elijah, and I can ask, and everybody knows uh, what his vehicle was, so go ahead. 
chariot of fire. Now, my wife calls her vehicle the chariot of fire. She said, it's red. It's, I'm driving it. So, so, but, all right. So, I don't know what else I can say about the chariot of fire. It's just the chariot of fire. But it kind of speaks for itself. Because in the Bible, this thing was fast. I'm talking about real fast. And I don't know how many horses he had on there, but he had it fast. Because when he took off, he made a little whirlwind behind him. He's like, taking off, you know. <laughs> I'm talking about he was fast. Because if I'm going to ride a chariot and it's going to go up in the sky and this dude's supposed to be watching me, you know, my buddy that had been with me, he's watching me, I'm going to show him something one last time. You know, they say, I'm going to go out with a bang. That's what he did. He went out with a bang. Probably broke the sound barrier on the way out and went boom, you know. So, so that's, that's his thing, you know. And just, he had a, he had a, a pimped out ride with a souped up motor. It had so many horses up here. You know, and I, I got to thinking late last night, I wasn't even doing my message no more, but I was like, you know, Santa Claus done stole his idea. I just, like, so, so I'm giving all the credit to Elijah. So, all right. I'm like, my, my, my. You know, they always, not, not saying that Santa Claus is the devil, but they always say he's trying to reproduce everything God creates. That's what that says. Anyway. Anyway, all right. So now I got one more for you. All right. And I'm not even going to ask you this. I'm just going to tell you. Jesus is my next example. And Jesus' vehicle is a donkey. Now, this donkey was pimped out. And it says it in the Bible. It doesn't say P-I-M-P, but it's, it tells you all the stuff he had. He had speakers. His, his car was so nice, you didn't want to get the tires dirty. So, so Jesus, he's going into town, and he tells him, hey, go get this coat. It ain't never been set on. Ain't nobody touched it. I'm talking about I want the new car smell. I want it. <laughs> so he gets this thing, and he's like, I got to get from here to right over there. So now he goes and gets this new car donkey, and he's riding through there. And of course, people put their uh, clothes up there so he didn't get, get his bottom dirty. But... And then it didn't stop there. So as he was walking, like I said, they didn't want to get the tires dirty. So people were laying down. You know, the King James said they were laying down their clothes. I've heard people say they're palm trees and all that. And the donkey was walking over that. Not even getting his feet dirty. I'm talking about that's how clean that car was, that vehicle, that donkey. That's how clean that was. And then Jesus didn't stop there because he's cool like us. He likes, where's Jerick? Where's Jerick? Jesus likes speakers, man. So let me, re let me show you how I know. All right. All right. In verse 37, where am I at? I'm in uh, Luke 19. This is verse 37. And when he comes on high, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all, that might, for all the might, supposed to be mighty, all the mighty works that they had seen. So this tells me, with all this crowd cheering, that you can hear Jesus coming down the road. And how many times y'all heard boom, boom? I'll be sitting at Sonic just trying to drink my Coke and my fries start shaking. Just boom, <laughs> boom. That's what Jesus was doing. He had, the crowd was cheering. They was like, ah, Jesus. You know, and they like, do us a miracle. You know, come on. But he wasn't into that. He was just trying to get from point A to point B. 
But people noticed his vehicle, and they said, I got to get me one of those. So probably then there's a big sale on donkeys, and they jacked the price up and all that stuff, you know, because everybody wants to be like Jesus, you know. They'd be like, well, what would Jesus do? He'd go buy a donkey, you know. Just so, so that's right. So your vehicle is important, but it's important to God in a different way than it's important to you. Now, yesterday, I don't know if y'all know this about me, my wife will tell you. I sit around and I watch all kinds of stuff. I just sit there and I look and look and look. <clears throat> so yesterday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you about a couple of vehicles we got in here. Yesterday, I was just sitting in the men's meeting, and I noticed Brother Bob. He had his uh, coffee cup, Vickers Construction. So I got to thinking, I typed that in my phone. I stopped listening for just a second. I'm sorry. Stopped listening. And I typed that into my phone. And so, but the reason I typed it is because I know Brother Bob. I've been around him for a lot of years. And I know that he's got a hat. It says Vickers Motors or whatever it is. And I know he drove that green truck. And on the front, he had Vickers Motors forever on his license plate. So if I take Brother Bob as an example, I can say, Brother Bob, the word Vickers is your vehicle because it carries you a lot of places and if I if I go up to Country Vittles or somewhere and I say you know that Bob v, Bob Vickles Vickers I can, I'm sorry <laughs> I know your last name do you know Bob Vickers and they'd be like yeah that man is nice he's this and this <clears throat> well they they see that and they know that but then when Paul's up Elder Paul's up here and he says I want to turn this over to my friend Brother Vickers. Then that name comes into something different. It comes into a man that wrote a song that just touches the heart of the people. A song that goes to Jesus. It doesn't go to me and you. We hear it, but that's not the point of it. Because that's not the point of the vehicle. So when, when people, when, when you're gone and when I'm gone, when my kids are gone, they hear that song, they're going to be like, Bob Vickers wrote that song. So so your name can be your vehicle. That can be your vehicle. And then this morning, and I heard this yesterday too, but this morning, Minister Andy was testifying. If He was in prayer, and he was talking about how he ministered to somebody the other day. He was in his vehicle, and it was raining. He was leaving Walmart, him and Benny, and he turned around, and he gave this fellow an umbrella. Now... <laughs> I've got an umbrella in my ride. So, but Andy's got a, what do you got, a Toyota Camry, Nissan Altima? Okay. He's got a Toyota Camry, and he's got an umbrella in that car. Now he's one less. So that's, that's a nice ride, Brother Andy, Minister Andy. But next time I see Andy, he's probably going to have like the Batmobile. He's going to have six umbrellas over here, six umbrellas over here, six on the top, because that's his vehicle. To witness, that carries him from point A to point B. But along the way, he's going to stop and he's going to say, hey, you need an umbrella? Because somebody out there is going to need one. And that's going to be his vehicle. So the whole, the whole thing is we all have vehicles. Y'all have got the vehicles right now. I've got the vehicles and this and that. But I want somebody to take notice to stop me. I want to be riding down the street and somebody be like, hey. oh, let me tell you all this story. When I was, <laughs> when I was in... Uh, I just graduated high school. I had uh, I went to work at Pope's Auto Supply, and this was 
I started on a Tuesday, and this was a Friday, okay? So just happens that this Friday, Hamburger was playing CrossFit. And so I was actually on my way back from a delivery. That's all I did is just drive delivery, delivery truck. So I was coming back from in town, heading back to North CrossFit. So at that time, Road Mart was still open. So I'm driving in my truck, first week on the job, and I look over in the parking lot, there's all these cheerleaders, and they're all going, you know, waving and stuff. I'm like, do my little collar, I'm like, hey. <laughs> so, so next thing I know, my truck just starts spinning in the road, <laughs> spinning. <laughs> Apparently the girls weren't waving at me, they were trying to get me to, to warn me something. So at, as a prank, somebody had put stuff all out on the road and thought it'd be funny, but it was actually very dangerous. So, so my, uh, so then I'm sitting there with my collar popped up looking good, but I'm in the ditch. So, so, so that kind of ru ruins your coolness factor right there. So if you want a pimped out ride, you need to get, let God pimp it out for you because he's going to make it where people are going to be waving at you and there's going to be a purpose. It's going to be a purpose. Because I, I want a pimped out ride that's going to mean something to somebody. It's going to make a difference in their life. I want to be riding down the road and somebody sees on, on the green chuck, he used to have that bumper sticker, yes, Lord, we'll ride with you. You know, I want to have something like that on my pimped out ride because I want to be cool, but I don't want to end up in the ditch. I want to stay on the straight and narrow, and I want to be going right there where God tells me to go. So, so that's, that's all it's about is just getting somebody to take notice of your ride. And it, to take notice of it, you got to be putting it out there. You can't just be have a cool car and it's set in the storage unit out there because nobody's ever going to see it. So if I'm going to talk about Jesus, then they're going to have to know it. You know, I've got to be out there cruising around. I've got to be going to Walmart. I've got to stop and say, hey, God told me to give you this umbrella. You know, it's, there's no point in having a pimped out ride or a pimped out life if you're going to keep it in storage because it's just going to get rust spots. It's going to go on down. It's not going to be any good to anybody. So, so today, I just want to let you know, if you want a pimped out ride today, we're just going to invite you up here. And we're going to pray over you that somebody would take notice of the Jesus inside of you. Because it's there, you wouldn't be here. You know, you've got Jesus inside of you, but we're going to amp it up a little bit. We're going to try to amp it up. You may be way past me already, because there's some of y'all in here I know that are just up here, and I'm still down here. Like I said a while ago about getting in the water in my shoes, you know, I'm, I'm, I may be right here, and some of y'all may be way up here. But we just want to amp up your ride for a little bit. We want to trick it out. We want to put some nice tires on it, all this stuff. And all that means is I'm, we're going to pray for you. And I'm going to just, uh, we're just going to pray for you this morning to uh, just kind of let somebody take notice of your ride. Because everybody that's got a nice car likes to talk about it. I mean, hey, hey, I got those tires. I can tell you, I got my tires in Bastrop. They were secondhand. I bought them. But people compliment me on them all the time because I like my truck. I ain't going to lie. I wash that sucker. I used to wash it all the time. Now I let somebody else do it because they're a lot faster than me. But, but my ride's nice, but it's, it doesn't win anybody to Jesus. Not one person's been, run, been won to Jesus by that ride. But now if I take this message and I just kind of put it into something different, into a, a vehicle that's going to translate me over here, 
And people are going to take notice and say, you know, I used to know Tim back in school. He didn't say much. He was quiet, and he, he didn't go to church. I never saw him in church. But now they're going to look at him at my ride, and there's old Tim Hogan. He's that pastor over there, him and his wife. You know, they got this church. They go to church with Pastor Barbara. You know, she's a great preacher. They're going to start saying all that. And so I just want to invite you, if you're interested in that, come on up. and we'll, Yes, ma'am. Um, I just want to share that when we were in Alabama, and you can cut this off now. When we were in Alabama, um, it's got to where when we walk in the door, and this goes with pimping our ride, because when we get live, like Hannah's doing Facebook Live, um, the pastor of the church's sister, the greatest, one of the greatest intercessors that I've seen, she said, because she was giving words all night, and, and they were straight from God, and, and she said, can y'all please turn it up a little on Tuesday nights? She said, I'm getting fed. Y'all are feeding me. She said, Pastor Babs, is that her name? She's feeding me. Would you turn it up? And she said, I put my phone up here. So that's a vehicle. That's a vehicle. And then others would say, and, you know, and I'm not used to it. You know, in Genesis 12 where he said 1 through 3, he's going he's gonna, to uh, tell Abraham, leave your family and then he's going to make your name great, and then you're going to be a blessing throughout the earth. Well, um, people know us out there. They know freedom. And when I go in a place I don't think about, I've been Facebook Live, but they'll come running up, and about 15 men came running up and wanted the prayer of intercession because uh, they wanted, they had seen us. They've been listening to us on Tuesday night, on Sunday morning, listening to the words, and they said, um, some of them were from different churches there Friday night, and they said, we, will you pray for us because we want to take this spirit of prayer to our church. Leaders, leaders were saying, we want to take intercession. We see the intercessory prayer. Apostle Bill said, um, there's intercessory prayer on you, and, and, and I said, well, let me pray for these people. And they started running, grown men. I want that. I want to take that to my family. I want to take that to my city. I want to take that to my church. So it's a vehicle. When you're scared to go Facebook Live, Just it's not about you. It's not about me. I don't like it either. I mean, you think, I just like to be on Facebook Live. I don't like it either. But it's a vehicle for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said that we were supposed to do Genesis 12 through 3. We're supposed to be a blessing throughout the land. All the families of the earth are going to be blessed. So I want to encourage you, don't shy away from it. Don't shy away from the altar because you don't want to be in the camera up here, you know. And if you really don't want to, then tell Hannah so she don't record you. But, but just be encouraged about that, that people are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's not about us. It's about the vehicle. It's about the, being, letting him use us through any vehicle to get the word out. Any vehicle to get the word out. Hallelujah. Yes, any vehicle. You know, Pastor Robert. I don't think I've seen anything but a Jeep parked in his driveway for the last 20-something years. So if you want an outdoor pimp, that's fine. If you want this guy's Porsche that can get you to the problem spot, that's fine. Whatever you need, God's got it. But remember, it's not really going to be what you need. It's going to be what God needs through you. So, yes, God. Thank you again for tuning in with us. 
If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed. In Jesus' name.